Hey, podcast listeners, Mackenzie here. I wanted to personally thank you for listening and being a part of our community. We couldn't do this show without you. As we shape the next series of the Living Centered Podcast, I wanted to invite you specifically to help us out. We want to hear from you. We're currently in the process of curating a series all around exploring the relationships that make up our lives. Together with various experts, clinicians, and on-site alum, we'll explore the nuances, intricacies, and impact of the relationships within which we all exist. From families of origin to friendships, dating, working relationships, and beyond. We hope to host conversations with guests who bring a definitive and unique perspective. This is where you come in. We want to know your pressing relationship questions. You can submit your questions to podcast at experienceonsite.com and you might just hear an answer on our next series. I mean, just to anybody that's like thinking about healing, you know, from whatever it is, like no matter how scary it feels, no matter how how confident that you are, that you are messed up beyond repair, this is the way that you are doomed to live and that whatever diagnosis that you're struggling with, it has just doomed you to a life of relative loneliness and pain. That is not true. It's not true. And there is there's always possibility for healing and yeah milestones is a great option but you know whatever you find in your life is like available to you when you're if you're you know ready to ask for help do it and also trust yourself you know trust yourself hey friends welcome back to the follow-up podcast to treating trauma this is nicole ingram filling in for mckenzie as we launch these stories of healing Treating trauma was such a helpful tool for people to understand the nature of trauma and unpack some of the different ways to treat it. But as we reflected on it, we felt like it was incomplete without sharing these stories of transformation. In these next few episodes, we are going to welcome past clients as they share the impacts of trauma on their lives, the pivotal moments that encouraged them to reach out in pursuit of a different path, and the transformative work they experienced inside the safe and nurturing environment of the healing hospitality at Milestones. We are so grateful for these friends' vulnerability and their willingness to share with us, and we think you're going to absolutely love these conversations. So let's dive into these stories of healing. So excited for today. I'm Christopher O'Reilly, and I have one of my colleagues, Nicole Ingram, with me today as my co-host, and uh, super excited, almost as like a follow-up to the Treating Trauma podcast that we did. We decided to interview some folks that have been through milestones, so very excited about that. And our guest today is Tristan, and we're just going to, you know, see where this conversation goes, but I think it could be really helpful for people to kind of hear some experiences and stories. Yeah. Thanks, Christopher. Happy to be here. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm super excited that you're, you're, we're doing this. So Tristan, I thought a great place to start. I would just kind of love to hear kind of what led you to milestones. And, and that might be a huge question. That's a huge decision to kind of put energy into self-care and treatment, all that kind of stuff. And I was just kind of curious, how did you get to milestones? Yeah, that's a big question, right? Because like, honestly, I think of my life. So like right now, it feels like there was life before milestones and life after. And there were several 
other phases before milestones, like a continuum of, of healing that had already been happening. But everything since milestones has been of a, of a completely different ilk than everything before. I'm here to, you know, share my story with the hopes that maybe, you know, anybody who's contemplating going or just being willing to show up for themselves and do the work can know that no matter how dark it it may seem, healing is possible for everybody. So when I was, uh, I had a fair amount of trauma as a child. Uh, my parents were both drug addicts and they passed away when I was very young. And then I was adopted and my adoptive family was very dysfunctional and fractured. And that was also a toxic environment for me. And then when I was 17, I moved in with my aunt and uncle and they are wonderful people. And although the external factors of my trauma Although I was relieved of those, the ways that I had learned to cope with life, which were unhealthy and counterproductive, they served me in the moment, right, when I learned them, but they were no longer useful, but I didn't know that, and I had these deep wounds that I hadn't healed, hadn't even begun to heal or look at or really have any awareness of, and so I continued to, like, use these maladaptive coping skills, right? I was like lying to and manipulating my family, having issues with like substance abuse, really depressed, really anxious, difficulty connecting with peers, you know, negative stories in my head, right? That I'm telling myself about myself and the world around me and just very lonely. And even through that, I was able to, well, I started therapy, right? When I was 17, I moved in with them and that was very helpful, I think, I was very lucky to, to, to begin a relationship with an incredible counselor um, who actually was the one many years later, right, this last year, who recommended that I check out OnSite. But it's, it's a very slow process and it's nonlinear, you know, and there's lots of ups and downs. And so that was the beginning for me at 17 years old in my first like therapy session ever. Actually, I had been to a few before, but nothing really helpful. But anyways, I managed to kind of like squeeze by my senior year of high school with my aunt and uncle, although I was, you know, having a hard time really settling in and feeling connected and trusting them and went to college after my first semester of college, my second semester of college, things went totally off the rails. I had a zero GPA because I didn't attend a single class. I was using and drinking and just depressed and isolated and just spending like all my time like at you know the fraternity I was a part of um and knowing that it was all going to come crashing down probably but also telling myself that everything was okay um and then that all kind of did come crashing down and I uh withdrew and I went to an incredible treatment center in Arkansas it's a place for young men. I think it's like 16 to 24 year olds. That was awesome. It was so what I needed at the time. It was like a three month inpatient program and very much like focused on that drives addictions and addictive behaviors. And that was kind of like, I was finally ready to really look at all my stuff for the first time. And I would like, the way I conceptualize it now is I, I was able to peel back like several of the outermost layers of my onion, right, of, of all my crap. And, you know, I 
finish that program and things feel a lot better. I go home for a little bit. I go back to school. I stay sober for like the last three and a half years of college and I graduate and I still didn't really know who I was. So I ended up going into a line of work in finance that I didn't really love. And after about a year of that, also shortly after college, I stopped being sober. So that was like part of the beginning of re-engaging in these old patterns that started to come back up in my life because I didn't have as much structure. And I, Like I said, I didn't yet fully know who I was. And I start using again and going out drinking. And for a while, it's not so bad, you know, but eventually it is. And two years go by in which I end up quitting my job in um, finance. I start working in wilderness therapy, which was incredible, incredible experience. That was like kind of the first time I really, really started doing something that I felt like I was personally called to and kind of beginning this path of like healing work, you know, for others, but also continuing to heal myself. Um, Although I was still like when I was off work, you know, drinking, using, not eating right, not really attending to, you know, like just like procrastinating basic chores and activities like bills or cleaning my house or whatever, because it felt too overwhelming. But I had these guardrails of work where I would go to work for eight days straight, right? And I'd be on the clock for eight days. And so that prevented things from getting really off the rails. And, you know, I was like out in the woods, like helping other people. So that aspect of service and getting outside of myself helped me maintain this for a a little while. And then eventually it got Mm -hmm. to a point where I couldn't do that anymore. There was like issues at work. Things were getting to feel a little bit unsafe for my students. And I was being stretched really thin. So I left that job. And then that's when I fell into a a super deep depression because like those guardrails Mm -hmm. I had were taken away. Now, all I was doing was using, drinking, eating poorly, like barely exercising, having a hard time connecting with people, really depressed. And like those, those few months before milestones were some of the hardest of my life, some of the most miserable I've ever been through. And I'd say, you know, even though like I'd been through some really tough things as a child and teenager, I knew at this point that something different was possible because I had experienced what it was like. I had like taken a breath above water already, you know, so I I, I knew that this didn't have to be the way that it was, but I just couldn't, I couldn't figure out how to get it together on my own. Um, Like I tried to show up at some 12 step meetings and that, I mean, I just couldn't, I couldn't get it, you know, Um, I couldn't, I couldn't get myself out of this hole that I was in. And my my therapist who I started seeing when I was 17, who, you know, at this point in my life is like way more than a therapist to me. He's, you know, uh, a mentor, a coach. He recommended that I check out OnSite because several years ago he had been to a workshop there and said it was incredible. And he was telling me that although I was scared that, you know, part of me felt like something was broken in me. Like this was just the way I was doomed to live. And I had already done all this work and I was still feeling this way nothing was going to help. And this was just like the way I was going to live my life forever. And he was like, look, you know, this, I know that it feels like you've done everything you can already, but this feels like there's still trauma. There's still stuff you need to look at. And onsite is like the place to do it. So I enrolled in a workshop and that was the closest I could get in was like 
kind of a month and a half out. And that was a little glimmer of hope um, of the future. But I still, you know, I had those six weeks and things kept getting worse. I, you know, there were several moments that I was just like surrounded by like everything I had ever wanted for my life and the opportunity to connect with like awesome people and do awesome fun things. And I would make the choice to go and like try to push myself and do it instead of just isolating. But I couldn't connect. I just couldn't connect. I couldn't get outside of myself for 10 seconds. I was just stuck in this like dark cloud and the uh, substance use kept getting worse. And I ended up just like really feeling one day, like I I needed more than, you know, like a seven day workshop um, that I needed, you know, several weeks to really like have a hard reset and be physically removed from my environment and like, yeah, in the care of somebody else and having external structure and having people help guide me through the work. And that's when I decided to go to milestones. I called and I was like, Hey, you know, I'm enrolled in this workshop. Is it too late for me to change that over? And, and do the milestones program. And they were like, no, absolutely not. You know, we've got, you, we, you can come tomorrow. And I was like, okay, wait, you know, give me like three days to pack and, and say goodbye. <laughs> so, you know, three days later I show up and yeah, I think, you know, in those three days you called me and I think also what it was is it was about two weeks away from the workshop. And I was like, I, I had already made a commitment. I was like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to stop like using and drinking because that's what they want me to do. And I just, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't do yeah. it. So Tristan, I'm so, um, Thank you for sharing that, man. I, the part that, like, you said something that really just kind of stuck with me, and I wanted to maybe kind of pull it apart a little bit. But you, you know, it's such a nice thing when people have an experience where they have this. Use the words like "breath above water," right? Where you have a sense of like maybe things can be different. I can be happy. I can feel better about myself, and maybe I can connect with people. It can be different for different people. But yet then when it's hard to maintain that, it can be frustrating and it can be overwhelming and it can make you feel like you're broken, like to kind of, you know, speak to some of the things that you said. And I'm just, I'm wondering what that breath above water experience was for you. And as you were talking, I'm like, I wonder if like living with your aunt and uncle was like, gave you a sense of like, you know, some health compared to like what you described before that, or maybe it was your therapist or maybe it was your inpatient stay. And maybe it was a combination of all of those things. Yeah, I would say it, it was, it was all of those things. I mean, moving in with my aunt and uncle for the first time where I, like there was a period of time where I was able to, to stop, you know, stop using and drinking and, and it, but it was because I was being drug tested. Right. And I had to, and if I wanted to, you know, keep my car. Right. And, and so like, but, but during that, you know, two or three month period while I was with them, you know, I was like, yeah, it felt, it felt good. It felt good to be living in the truth. It felt good to, to be able to like be around people sober and feel comfortable. And then it was absolutely in, in a much deeper way. Uh, my first experience in inpatient, because that was a really intense program and there was a lot of deep group work and individual work, but with the group work for, you know, that was my first time experiencing something like that, right? Like airing out all of my stuff and, and digging really deep into like the worst things that had ever happened to me with peers who were also doing the same thing. And that, that intimacy, that was the first time I I had ever really experienced that. And I knew that it was possible for me 
yeah, but then, you know, I get home and even though, you know, I spent, you know, over three years sober after that, I was still struggling with other maladaptive behaviors. I'm having a difficult time, like in relationships, like procrastinating my schoolwork, you know, and I got through it all. Like I was able to manage it, but it wasn't always easy, you know, and I several times have to call my, my therapist back in Birmingham and, and have him, you know, help talk me through stuff. And that's okay, right? I look back and it's like, that was where I was at at the time. It was much better than where I was before I went to that treatment program. But I just still needed to go and struggle a little bit more before like the deepest layers were able to come out, you know? I hear so much longing in your story, like longing for healing. Like you're, you're describing these moments, a breath above water, where you like tasted something good and true and that could be possible for your life and something that you wanted. But the, the sort of irony and that, that universal truth that we hold two things at once, like we want something so badly, yet we grasp at all our coping, like our, our former coping mechanisms to kind of keep us, whatever's, you know, making you feel safe. And I, I kind of imagine you're describing this journey and it's like one step to the next step to the next step. Like you're almost descending lower and lower and deeper into your own heart and like the pain there. And I, I love the way you articulated the, both the want and the desperation, but also kind of, I can really resonate with the notion that I can maybe handle some of this stuff by myself, you know, like your old Mm -hmm. coping mechanisms, as you described, like, I totally get that just grasping at anything. Like, I think I've, I think I've got this. I don't know what's happening. I might be broken, but like I can manage. Right. Yeah. I just, I really resonate with that. Yeah. And there's never, I think a, a place where we arrive at perfection, but there is, you know, there is like a place I'm at now where I just have confidence and I actually am able to handle it. You know, like I don't just like those things aren't a part of my life anymore. And I, 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 before I got here, I thought that what I needed was just more discipline, more willpower, more, if I just had, if I just had a little bit more inner strength, then I would be able to force myself not to like put off things that I needed to do to take care of myself and to like show up in relationship and have those difficult conversations instead of just like you know, telling what I thought was a little white lie about it. And then these things would build up in a relationship and I'd be resentful, right? Like I thought that if I could just do better, um, that I, that I wouldn't have to deal with these things. But now I look back and I realize that like, I was doing exactly what I had to, to make myself feel safe, you know, because I didn't feel safe. And like deep down in my subconscious, outside of my awareness, I was still being driven by these fears and, these insecurities and these false core beliefs that I had been given by these people, you know, as a child that Mm -hmm. didn't do right by me, you know, and it just, you know, you have to, until you're ready to to look at those, like you you just got to keep coping in whatever way you can. Wow. So tell us what that moment felt like when you rolled up to milestones, like you finally, you got to the place that you've been sort of pointed toward this whole time. I know that the moments before arrival were pretty low. What did that feel like as you kind of pulled up and started doing the work? The drive in was really nice because I did, I did like the night before, like got rid of all my, all my stash and I was all packed and ready. And like my room was clean 
And, you know, I said goodbye to my partner and it was like a nice five hour drive. The hour drive leading up to milestones through like Cumberland Furnace and Nashville on those back roads was beautiful. And it was, it was warm. It was sunny. It was like a fall or early fall day. I had my windows down. I was listening to music and I just felt this sense of like hope, a lot of hope. And, and yeah, but, and then I would say like when I actually arrived, um, it was, it was really beautiful and it felt like safe and comfortable. And it was nice to see that it was, you know, but, but my, my therapist had told me, you know, it's really nice. Like you will feel like safe. It's beautiful. So I, I wasn't necessarily surprised. I would say like, you know, this first couple hours and really those first days I was just settling in it. What there wasn't an immediate sense of like, Oh, I'm home. Finally, you know, that came later that came about like eight or nine days later, actually. But yeah, for, for a while, you know, I was just like chilling, observing, still kind of stuck in my head a lot. And yeah, just like trying to observe the negative thought patterns happening and like not let myself be carried away by them and just engage in the programming and just be as present as possible. But I was still having a really hard time, like really connecting with people. I didn't necessarily feel out of, well, I didn't feel out of place at all. But I was just like wondering, like, is this really going to work? Like, is this really what I need? Because like another thing I was thinking, you know, in my like crazy, you know, uh, fantasizing before coming to Milestones, like maybe I should just like sell everything and go to India and like wander through India and like, you know, become a, an ascetic yogi or something. You know, maybe that's what I need. I don't know. You know, like maybe that'll help. So I was, you know, I was getting there and I was like, oh man, like, you know, like my, my family is like being so generous to like help me be here. And like, I'm like still like quiet and still struggling in my head. And like, just really what I need. Like I'm trying to show up, I'm trying to be present. It doesn't seem to be working yet. And then, yeah, there was, I I just like started to finally feel safe. Just group was amazing. And I was slowly connecting with people and I think that was an, there was enough for like my guard to be let down a little bit, and that was when that was when everything just like came all every it, it, everything changed that day, and everything like I just like broke something in me just like let go fully, like I fully surrendered and I, and I just started weeping like so hard, I was just like weeping and weeping and weeping and like we were down by the creek and like, I, I look up and like the creek is just like, you know, humming along doing its thing and there are birds chirping in the trees and the sun is shining and it just feels like so safe. And I know like I'm exactly where I need to be and everything, my whole life has led me here to finally, finally let it all go. And that night, like, I went to bed wondering, like, oh, my gosh, like, I feel like the rest of the day, I was just finally, I was, like, laughing and joking and sharing with my peers and, like, really in relationship. And it was, like, oh, my God, like, finally, like, I can, I can be a normal person, like, with other people and, and people like me, you know, and, and I have, like, interesting things to say, um, and I, they don't just stay in my head, and, and I'm not just, I'm not always, like, wishing I'd said that thing five minutes later, you know, and, like, that night I go to bed, and I'm like, oh, my God, like, thank God I'm here, and I cannot imagine what else could be in store for me here, because that felt like 
that was what I needed. You know, I feel like I've gotten what I needed. Not that I was like, I'm ready to go, you know, but I was like, what, what else could there be? And every morning after that, I wake up early, I journal, I go for a walk, have my coffee, and then just be amazed the rest of the day by, by how much deeper it gets. Every day it got deeper and deeper and deeper. And, you know, I was there for five weeks total and, um, it was like the most, the most powerful, emotionally and spiritually significant weeks of my entire life. And I just, I don't know, you know, I don't really know exactly what's in the water over there, but it's, it's a special (laughs) place. It's a really special place, you know, and you can feel it. And I just, I can't wait. I'm, I, I can't wait to come back for family weekend. And um, I love it. I love it so much. I have so much gratitude for, Thanks for sharing everything that. that y'all do. Yeah. Well, Justin, I mean, I'm, I'm just sitting here and thinking about, in, in my own story, I can relate to what you're saying as far as there's these moments where you like realize that, oh, wow, trying really hard and harder and harder is not maybe the answer to this. And actually learning how to trust and to let down my guard and to, you know, build a different kind of relationship is just huge. And, oh, by the way, that can be very difficult if life teaches you that putting down your guard is painful. And then it takes a long time until you have an experience where you can actually do that. That's that's so huge. I'm just kind of curious, like, do you think the routine of milestones, the structure of it, I guess, is helpful and then, like, did you find like the group work to be most helpful? Some of the individual work? I'm just kind of curious, like you said it kind of got more and more impactful. And I'm wondering what that was like for you. Just like the, the insights that you gained about how to take care of yourself and all that stuff. I mean, yes, yes to all of it. The, the structure, having the freedom to let go of like your planning and logistical side of your brain to just like surrender to this is what we're doing next. This is what we're doing next. This is what we're doing next. And just like do it and go with the flow was so helpful for me to just like free up like that part of my, myself and just like, I'm just doing, this is, this is the next thing we're doing. And and I, I really like that. And I need that. And now I realize like, I kind of have to do that to myself now, you know, and that's kind of how I make sure I take care of myself is I have yeah a lot of structure in my day. And, you know, I have like, Fitness, either, you know, I'm going to a yoga class or I'm getting up and I'm like, going to go to the gym or I'm going to go run, you know, like meetings throughout the week, weekly times that I like clean my house, scheduled time to like, you know, spend time with my partner, all of the above. And then the group work was huge. Like the, the, the small group, right, with your like primary therapist and, and that group of of clients, that was incredible. I loved my group so much and, and there were some very, very powerful moments in there, very spiritual moments of like kind of getting out totally outside of myself. Um, and also in like large group, you know, there was like a couple of days we did like psychodramas with the whole, the whole milestone crew. And it was, those were incredible days. I got to be a part of people's work and do my own work in there. And that was amazing. But also like, my individual sessions with both of my therapists there had experiences like with an EMDR and in like brain spotting and in doing my own like individual psychodramas in there that were like 
I don't know how else to say, like, the word psychedelic comes to mind, but there's probably a better word for that, just, like, transcendent, you know? Like, yeah, just having the experience of, like, for instance, like, connecting with my parents, you know, my mother and my father who, you know, like, died when I was five, and um, for so many years I had so much grief and sorrow and fear about all of that and being able to really feel their presence and to to give them back the resentment that I didn't need anymore for them to hold that and to to hear that you know the life that I have now and that I have walked into is better than anything that they could have given me so you know it's all okay right things like that that are just total earth-shattering like perspective changes and like having the experience like an EMDR of being able to go back and and give myself give my young self comfort to pick myself up from a horrible situation and take myself out of it you know in, in a memory that I had before that session the memory that we started with remembering that someone someone did at the end come in and like pick me up and hold me but I couldn't remember who it was and I like I couldn't figure out who it might have been even. It seemed like, no, nah, like I know that somebody did, but I don't know who it was. And then at the end, like being like, oh, like that was, that was me, you know, that was me right now because I just went back and did that, you know, like truly like, you know, what, what the heck kind of things. Yeah. I'm hearing tons of, tons of healing just through the, the therapy, you know, feeling safe in the environment starting to kind of connect to self again and, and others, you know, I'm reflecting when you were here, Tristan, it was such a tight knit community. Like you all just seem to not just be doing some really, really important work, but you all seem just like very close and supportive of one another, which often those two things come hand in hand. And that, I think that's another thing that I get excited about milestones. It's just like, it's not just about the therapy, but it's about, you know, you get a group of people that are dedicated to the work and the yeah. bonds that can form are pretty awesome mm-hmm. too. Pretty powerful to be able to be part of helping your peers rewrite their stories too while you're rewriting yours, you know? Yeah. I mean, it was my community, the community at, at Milestones uh, was, it was maybe actually now that you mentioned it, Christopher and Nicole, Maybe the most important part, because without that, I wouldn't have begun to feel safe enough to really do my work. And that was that was the where the bulk of the love came from. I think like underlying all of it at everything at Milestones is just a whole lot of love that like the staff brings, like Christopher, you bring the administration, uh, you know, of course, the therapists. But the most powerful part of all of that was like my, my community. And I, I was close to like everybody there. And I'd never been a part of a community like that where I, it didn't feel like there was any like in groups or out groups. And I just felt like close to everybody. Of course, there's some like I was closer to that's always going to happen, but it was just like the safest, most wholesome, beautiful thing to be a part of. And I, I miss my, milestones family so much but we just I mean it was so cool to be a part of everything at that time because we got to you know we organized ourselves like so many cool events like we did a field day like people led you know the charge of like 
just doing all these social events for us. Like, like I said, the field day and like we did it, we had a talent show night, ping pong tournaments, you know, things like that. Right. Or we'd like go out and like have a fire. We had fires like so many nights there and we just like get speakers and just like have a dance party outside and everybody just looks so dumb. Right. But like, we don't care because we're just having a good time. And just to be able to like oscillate between like this totally safe, fun, playful environment, but also if somebody comes up and they like just had a hard phone call with like their sister or something, you know, it's like immediately like we, we change years and it's like we hold space for each other. And I, I never seen that everybody just so willing to be like, let me, let me listen to you. Like, let me love you. Yeah, it was, it was just, it was the most special thing I've ever, I've ever been a part of. And I, you know, really felt like I, I was a big part of that. And uh, yeah, it was just, I, I think, you know, for the rest of my life, I will always, when building communities, I will do what I can. Like mo- the community I had there is like a model that I will carry with me for the rest of my life and, and, and try and, and maybe come close, hopefully one day to emulating what that was like, um, because that was, it was incredible. I'm hearing sort of not just the importance of presence, but that play piece as well. Like everyone being willing at the same time to kind of let their guard down and and knowing when you're in a safe environment amongst kin, right? Really that freedom to be 100% authentically yourself and show up that way. I, I love, I love imagining a world where we all can show up that way, which I think as your to your point, if it if that is a model, right, for the way we can actually live out in the world. And so I know I know you have sustainability practices kind of in place in your day to day life. What is yeah, what does life feel like on the other side of such a transcendent, as you describe, experience? It's much more peaceful, you know. There are still difficult days, you know, days that I'm feeling like, you know, sad or down or just tired, right? And there's also like way more joy, of course. But the big difference for me is that instead of having these huge swells where I'm going from like super joyful on top of the world, you know, like just so much dopamine, lots of pleasure to just like miserable and sad and hopeless. It's more like kind of bobbing on the surface a little bit, you know, and it feels like steady and stable. And because of that, it's like, you know, no matter what, like I'm going to show up and in pretty much the same way every day, you know, I'm going to do what I, what I need to do to take care of myself. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to eat as well as I can. I still, you know, eat a little bit of fast food, which I'm trying to cut down on, (laughs) but I mean, I love pizza so much. So I don't know, you know, it's like, you got to have some, some joy, (laughs) some pleasure in small doses, but right, right, right. But I tend to like everything I need to take care of logistically, as it comes up, instead of letting anything pile up, I read a lot. I go outside a ton and, you know, I go to work early to like handle things I need to handle. And I show up, right. I'm I work in mental health and I show up for the adolescents that I work with, with the same, the same presence, the same boundaries and the same compassion every day. And, you know, I go to meetings like probably five or six meetings a week, at least. I still am in therapy. I go see my therapist every couple weeks and I, you know, work with my sponsor and there's all the little things I need to do to take care of myself. And, and I show up in like relationship, like with my partner and friends in a way that's like, 
I, I didn't like learn completely how to communicate um, at milestones. I already had done a little bit of work on like being truthful and holding space and all this, especially like in the job, you know, in, in the job I had at wilderness therapy and the work I'd done before. But now I had, now I have the ability to, to notice when my fear comes up in relationship and then communicate about it instead of like going through phases of like that fear coloring, like how I, how I show up and what I choose to say. And then eventually coming back around or having to be forced by being called out and held accountable to come back around and, and, ex- and explain what I'm really feeling, right? Like if I'm feeling fearful about something like in relationship with my partner and it's causing me to like get a little short, I can notice it and be like, Hey, you know, right now, like I'm, I may, I'm a little short. I may be like saying something. I may not be communicating as well as I would want to because I have this fear about X, Y, and Z in our relationship, right? Can we like talk about that? Yeah, it's just like, it's a different way of being where I'm just kind of, I'm okay with myself. What's that been like for your community? N- not Milestones community, but the community in your where you live, uh, your partner and your friends to kind of bear witness to sort of the transformative work that you experienced. I know that it's the same partner from before Milestones, right, yeah. as after. And so I know you're, sh- you're sharing how that has completely altered um, yeah. the way you show up in relationship. What th- what's that been like for them? Well, she is really, she feels really safe and really grateful. And we just have an incredible relationship. You know, she's, she's so grateful for Milestones. She's going to come with me to... The family weekend program when we choose to do that and is super excited to just like see the place and like meet everybody. And she is, you know, now doing her own work. She's, she's done a lot of different types of like self healing or lots of like spiritual work in her life. Um, she has, you know, a wonderful family and has had a wonderful childhood, but everybody has stuff, right? And now she's in therapy herself do working with somebody that does, you know, mainly like the internal family systems modality, which was a big part, big thing at milestones. Right. And so like, I'm excited to see like where she goes with that. But yeah, I mean, she feels like grateful, but also like challenged by some of my communication and wants to like grow herself to be able to kind of show up in the same way. And she does a lot. Right. But there's, you know, I don't know. She's, she's amazing. I love her. And, and, I also am am doing what I can to remember that like it was not easy for me to do the work. It took me many, many years and like just to let her have her own experience and to still love her through it all, right? Wherever she's at and wherever anybody else is at. So like my friends back at home that have known me forever, right? A lot of them are like, holy cow. Like, I mean, they don't really see me that much, but when we do talk, they do notice like there's something different. You know, they've seen a shift in you. You know, and that shift, I mean, I think it's impossible for one person to change without impacting the relationships that they have with other people. It's, it's a very, I don't want to say it's contagious in that sense, but, you know, if I start taking care of myself differently, it's going to impact the way I show up in my relationship with anybody else, which is a good thing, but it can be a challenging thing for the other people because it sometimes maybe requires them to adjust or shift or grow a little bit. Definitely. And, you know, I think that's a, that's a tough part of, you know, I think the healing process is that always there are going to be people, especially people like when, if, 
the people I was hanging around when I was like really, you know, 18, 19 years old, like compared to now, like they're not the same people at all. And as you heal and go back to like kind of the old ways or the old life and show up again, you will have a lot of friends that kind of fall to the wayside. If you stay in your own integrity and remember like, I don't want to show I don't want to, you know, engage in like these behaviors anymore. I don't want to like go out as much or like, you know, use in the same way or whatever it is. Right. You'll have friends that, that kind of just fall off. And, and, and it's a good thing, you know, because then that creates space for like new, more beautiful relationships to come into your life that are, that are deeper, that are more fit for where you are at that time. You know, what would be your advice to someone listening to this who has their own story and has no idea where to begin their healing journey? I mean, just to anybody that's like thinking about healing, you know, from whatever it is, like no matter how scary it feels, no matter how, how confident that you are, that you are messed up beyond repair. This is the way that you are doomed to live and that whatever diagnosis that you're struggling with, it has just doomed you to a life of relative loneliness and pain. That is not true. It's not true. And there is, there's always possibility for healing. And yeah, milestones is a great option, but whatever you find in your life is like available to you when you're, if you're, you know, ready to ask for help, do it. And also trust yourself, you know, trust yourself. Tristan, I can't thank you enough for uh, taking the time to do this. I look forward to you coming for family weekend and, you know, just staying connected in different ways. So, so appreciate your time. Yeah. Glad to hear you're doing well. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Tristan. If you or someone you love is struggling with the negative effects of unaddressed trauma, the safety, community, and expert care of the residential experience at Milestones may offer the individualized help and healing you need. Milestones is a -a one-of-a-kind, holistic, and specialized residential trauma treatment experience, serving individuals adversely affected by symptoms of unaddressed trauma, including anxiety, depression, codependency, and PTSD, This innovative and integrative program offers a variable length of stay from 30 to 90 days specific to individual needs. When life feels like too much, Milestones offers a refuge and a place of healing. Learn more at experiencemilestones.com. Also, we would love to help you explore the right option for you. You can connect with our admissions team for a confidential call at 1-800-341-341. 7432. That's 1-800-341-7432. Or you can email them at admissions at onsiteworkshops.com. Healing is possible and you deserve this.